never thought. Knees, knees, they're amazing, aren't they? Aren't our knees amazing? No, that I, you know, Rusty, I knew if you were here, you are going to say that. <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning. But what do we use our knees for? What, what can you use your knees for? You know, I remember as a kid playing hockey with a Nerf ball in the living room on my knees. I mean, that's how we did it. You know, that was back in the day before video games. So that's how we, we did things to keep ourselves occupied. Or maybe, uh, you know, I'm thinking when something's on the ground, like gardening, you know, you get on your knees when you garden and stuff like that. Uh, fixing a lawnmower or snowblower or something like that. Uh, changing a tire, you're on your knees. Um, you know, even sometimes massage therapists use their knees. I was talking with Pastor Russ this last week, and, and he went to see a massage therapist, and he's had a stiff back for a little while. And so the guy was working on him, you know, and, and he's one of these guys that uses the feet too, you know. So Russ was expecting some feet, but before he got to the feet, he got up on the table and it was putting his knees in his back, using his knees as a massage therapist. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but Russ said it was awesome. And then the dude moved to his feet and really worked uh, Russ's back pretty well. Here's what the Psalms say about things we can do with our knees. This is actually an invitation. So I'm going to go to Psalm 95, verses 6 and 7. Um, you can also uh, have your notes. I think they're all printed in the notes today. Uh, you can also go online on the app and get to the message notes and take notes online as well. But here's what Psalm 95 says. It says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people He watches over, the flock under His care. Is there anybody out here that grew up in churches that had the kneeling benches? Yeah, I did. I did. That's kind of a lost art. I mean, it's around in some churches, but most of the churches don't use those things anymore. But I think maybe we should bring them back because uh, it turns out that kneeling is a really important part of worship. And today we're going to look at a bunch of different stories, a few different stories, and we're going to see what the Bible has to say about people who fell on their knees in worship. So we've been talking about the wise men for the last three weeks, and we're going to start there again today, week four of Come to Worship. So I'm headed over to Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to be reading verses 10 and 11. When they saw the star, that's the wise men, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw a child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I'm going to make a suggestion today for, for each one of us. You can take it or leave it. You can do whatever you want with it. But this is our big idea. You might want to kneel. That's our big idea today. You might want to kneel. Now, here's what's really crazy is that if Bible scholars got this right, the wise men were visiting the baby Jesus at about two years old. So he was a toddler he wasn't the infant baby that we see many times depicted in the story. And I talked a little bit about that last week, but I have a question for you guys. <laughs> Anybody here raising a toddler? Uh, any chance you think that they're God? No. <laughs> and if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, then uh, you might think that bowing down to the God of the Bible is as crazy as bowing down to a toddler. The reality is, is we don't like bowing down. 
We like to be independent. We, we like to be self-determining. Pastor Russ's wife, Chris, she works down at the hospital down in Bozeman, and years ago she worked with a gal who rode a Harley. And one day they were just having a conversation, and she says, so, you know, do you, do you ride with your husband, or, or you know, what's the deal? And she's like, <laughs> i got to read this quote. And the woman answered, I ain't no man's backseat. I ain't no man's backrest. There's lots of women who would agree with her, and there's probably lots of guys, too, out there that don't want to bow down to anybody. And the reality is today we only kneel for a couple different things. Men, proposal, right? You get down, you get down on one knee and you propose. Or maybe a sports picture. Ever been involved in a football team or a baseball team? And, and all the people who are shorter than me say, yeah, yeah, uh, I got to got to kneel down. I was always on the back row, but, you know, we kneel for sports pictures as well. And women, well, you probably don't ever kneel. I can't really think of a time that you guys have to kneel. Generally speaking, though, is, is, as men and women, we, we do not want to go around kneeling. So why would I want to kneel for Jesus? Why would I want to kneel for Jesus? Back to Psalm 95. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. I want to take a look at that word kneel just for a second. It says S-H-A-C-H-A-H, which is satcha. This word is used 170 times in the Bible. I didn't realize that when I was doing the studying for this. 170 times in the Bible, the word kneeling is used. Amazing. One of the reasons we don't kneel more often is that we've lost an understanding of the awesomeness of God, I think. And by awesome, I mean the overwhelming feeling of awe and worship when we come into his presence. You know, years ago, and I still try to do this, years ago, we had a conversation in a Bible study or something like that, and we were like, you know what? I'm never going to use the word awesome unless I'm talking about God. Because if you look at the definition, God is truly the only person that defines the definition of awesome. Moses wanted to see the glory of God, if you remember that story from the Old Testament. But he couldn't look God in the face. He couldn't see the front of God. The only way that this could happen is that God was going to shield him and as God walked by, then Moses could just see the back, the train of the Lord, because Moses literally could not look at God. Listen to this. God doesn't tell us to bow down to him. He just tells us not to bow down to something else. And he assumes we will bow down and kneel when we realize who he is when we realize who he is. Once again, I'm going to say you might want to kneel. I'm going to give us three reasons why you might want to kneel today. The first one, number one, you might want to kneel in pursuit. That's in your notes. Kneel in pursuit. Mark 10. You know, a rich man came pursuing Jesus. And let's read what happened in Mark 10 Verse 17, it says this, As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, 
knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This is the, I've read this verse, I don't know how many times, man. This is the first time I realized that it said he knelt down. He ran up to Jesus and he knelt down. And then he asked the question, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? If you're not yet following Jesus, but you're here, maybe, maybe you're trying to figure out Christianity today. Maybe you've had a lot of friends talk to you about different things. And, you know, it's the Christmas season, and you're here today, and you're going to, you know, check it out. And you're wondering, yeah, what is this Christianity all about? You might want to decide, uh, or you might decide this is pretty important. You might want to kneel. You might not want to miss out on what God has for you in your life. Even if you don't know who God is, you can still kneel. And then ask some questions. And you know what will happen? God will meet you where you're at, and he will answer those questions for you. You might kneel in pursuit and pray something like this. God, if you're really there, show me. If it's really you, reveal yourself to me. I prayed that prayer many years ago. And he did. God revealed himself to me through his word, through friends and, and different associations. I developed this relationship with Jesus and really found out who God was. Now you have to be ready because if you pray a bold prayer like that, I'm guessing that you're going to find out exactly what you're looking for because that's who God is. He will meet you where you're at. You might want to kneel. So number one, we kneel in pursuit. The second thing I want to talk about today is that we kneel in repentance. We kneel in repentance. Luke 5 says this, uh, Jesus commandeers Peter's boat to teach from, and then he tells Peter to push out just a little bit further and let down his nets. And Peter kind of balks at that because they'd been fishing all morning, and, and he's like, you know, we, we've already done this uh, a bunch of times today, there's no fish here. But you know what? I, I'll appease you, uh, Jesus. I'll, I'll just go out and I'll, I'll drop the nets. And do you know what? When he did that, the haul was so great of fish that he had to call reinforcements over. He had to call other boats over. And those boats were overflowing as well. An amazing story. Luke 5, 8 says this right after that. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and he said this, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. Have you ever done that? Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Has the weight of sin ever pushed you to your knees and you cried out to Jesus? You know, Jesus never turns away from a sinner with a repentant heart. He never does. And Jesus said to Peter, guess what? From now on, you're going to fish for people <laughs> instead of fishing for fish. Some of you today are going to kneel in repentance, just like Peter did. And after this, the Bible tells us that Peter and the others, they left their boats and they began following Jesus. You know, we kind of skim over that, but think about that for a moment. They just had this haul of fish, probably 
the biggest one-day haul they've ever had in their careers as fishermen. You know, that represents a lot of money. That was their livelihood, right? So they could have gone and sold that in the market and made all kinds of money, but what did they do? The Bible says they left everything to follow Jesus. That's what happens when you bow in repentance. You're changed. You're changed, and it doesn't matter. You leave everything behind, and you follow after Jesus because what he's done for you in, his, in your life. Man, I love this next verse that we're going to talk about. It's very simple but powerful. It's in 1 John. It's 1 John 1, 9, and it says this. It says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, I've done something wrong. Please forgive me. And he's there. Repentant heart. He's there, and he will forgive you and take away that wickedness. Man, my favorite Christmas worship song is Oh Holy Night. And if you remember part of that song, a couple times it says, fall on your knees. Fall on your knees. Man, I love that. You know, I never really had thought about that before. I mean, I just love that song. But that's powerful. Fall on your knees. After we fall on our knees in repentance, we experience God's mercy. Then the grace of God helps me stay on my knees as I chase after him and develop this relationship. Once again, I'm going to say our our big idea, you might want to kneel. Some of you might want to kneel in pursuit. You might want to kneel in repentance. And there's others here today that are going to want to kneel in submission. That's number three. Kneel in submission. And for some of you, this is going to be really hard. This is going to be a super hard thing for you. Because maybe it's the first time in your life that you've ever said, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to let someone control me at all. Maybe that's what you say day after day after day. But today, you're confronted with the situation that you need to submit to the Lord in your life. You know, the UFC is really popular. It's been popular for a while. And one of the terms they have is tap out. I'm sure you've heard of that before. It's yielding in submission to your opponent, and then once you tap out, the match is over and you've lost. You know, I grew up as the youngest of four boys, and number three, Dave, was seven years older than I was. So think about that. I'm probably 8, 9, 10, and he's probably 15, 16, 17. You know what boys do. They wrestle, right? I was no exception. I want to try to take on my bigger brother. He'd have me pinned down in like seconds. I mean, he did. It was just so quick. Boom. And then, you know, you know what happens when guys are wrestling and stuff? I'm pinned down like this. He's got his knees on my arms, and he's got my hands, and he does stuff like this, hits me in the face. <laughs> Say uncle, say, you know, that was the, the 70s version of tap out is say uncle. I never would. So then what did my big brother do? He'd gather spit in his mouth. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to go any further. Some of you are like me as a kid. You won't give in. You won't submit. You won't tap out. You might say, you know, I want it this way, or, or I just 
want it my way. Frank Sinatra has a song. He did it his way. There are some of you who God has been reaching out to for years and years and years, but you won't tap out, you won't surrender. Oh, maybe you've given part of your life to him. You know, maybe you've said the prayer, we call it the sinner's prayer. I don't know, it's just praying an honest prayer to God, knowing that you can't do this life on your own, that you need God in your life, leading and shaping and molding your life. So you give parts of your life to him, but there's these other areas. You don't want to surrender those areas to God. You know, Jesus, Jesus did. Jesus did this. He, he's our example. Jesus submitted. Think about it. Jesus, born in a manger. Jesus, born to die. That was his mission. His mission was to come down here for 30-something years, live and teach, and then die. For you and for me. That was his mission in life. And it wasn't easy. You know, sometimes we think and we, you know, we get all goosebumpy or God-bumpy about this, and, and rightly so. But remember that Jesus was fully God and fully human at the same time. Can't understand it. I just know it's true, and I believe it. But think about what he would have gone through as a human. Luke 22, Jesus was with his disciples at a garden in Jerusalem. And this is what we read. Luke 22, verse 41. He walked away about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. And then he says this, Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I want your will to be done, not mine. For some of us, we need to say that prayer here today. We need to say that prayer. Not my will, but yours be done. You know, maybe you've kept a major part of your will in this relationship with Jesus. Your will, not, not Jesus' will. It's time to surrender and, and kneel down in submission today. And now here's something really important for us to know as I, as I start wrapping this up. You can kneel now or, or you can kneel later. But either way, you're going to kneel before Jesus. Philippians says this, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and let every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, don't get hung up on that word should. Because if you look at the definition of should, it means must. It means ought. It means you will. Should doesn't mean that it's a suggestion, that it's optional. It says that you will. You can kneel now or you can kneel later. Remember, God never asked us to kneel before him because he knew that when we recognized who he was, that we would want to kneel. 
before him. Once again, you might want to kneel. You know, in this Christmas season, in this Christmas time of the year, I want to give each one of us a chance to bow down and worship him and to kneel. And we're going to pray about that here in a minute. But just before we do that, I want us to grab our connection cards or grab your notes. I'm going to ask the band to come forward. We've been doing this the last couple months, going through the next steps, because it's just not coming and listening and feeling good. It's, it's being taught and then doing something with it. You can call it an action step, next steps, whatever you want to call it. Number one says, I'm going to begin following Jesus today. That's always number one, because that's where this whole relationship thing starts. And then the second block there says, I need to pursue Jesus. Maybe you're one of those that I've made mention that you're just checking out Christianity and you've heard about it. Maybe you've even been in church for a while and you're just kind of pursuing. Maybe that's you. Or or number three, I need to repent of my sin. Maybe there's something that you know that you haven't given over to the Lord yet and just keep holding on to it. But today's the day that you're going to kneel in repentance and repent about that thing and Lastly, I need to submit to Christ's leadership. You know, that's a hard one. I made mention that. That's a tough one. Submitting fully, all in is what I call it. Have you submitted? Are you all in in this relationship with Jesus? If not, maybe that's your prayer today. Maybe that's your next step is, you know what, Bob, I'm, I'm going to submit to Jesus' leadership. I'm going to be all in. What better time of the year than Christmas? It's awesome. So I'm going to give you just a few seconds to write, and then I'm going to pray. Pray with me, will you? Father God, I thank you so much for sending Jesus. Jesus, we, we thank you for the sacrifice, knowing that it was, it was a difficult choice, but you completed your mission. You came here to die so that we might have eternal life and an abundant life here on earth. Just say, God, I thank you for those that are pursuing you. And maybe others are in need of repentance here today. And I, I would just pray that you give them the strength to cry out to you. And then others of us might need to submit fully, be all in with this relationship with you and not hold back any areas of our life, but make you, Jesus, the leader of our life fully, all in. I just thank you for each one here today. And as we're bowing in his presence, if that's you, if, if, if you check number one, that you want to begin this relationship today, I just want to take a moment and pray for you and pray with me. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus. And I've been holding out. I've been holding out, God. But today I'm, I'm making a commitment to, to serve you. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and and now I ask you to take my sins away. I know that I've, I've blown it. But you came. You, you were on mission for me. You came and you died and you rose again so that I might have eternal life with the Father. And so I, I admit that now and I just say thank you. Change me from the inside out. I believe that my sins are no longer held against me and that I now am in relationship with you. And through your Holy Spirit, you're going to guide and you're going to shape You're going to mold me into what you want me to be. So I surrender my life to you now in in Jesus' name. Amen.